Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. Uh, this is episode 55 today. So we uh, a couple episodes ago, we reached our year mark if we're doing this weekly. Um, so that's a pretty cool milestone uh, that I looked up the other day that I wanted to share with you guys. So this is episode 55, and today it is Tuesday, December 18th. We are back on track now. We are on <laughs> Revelation 14 today. So um, I am joined, as always, by Michael Miller and Daniel Yelverton. And um, do you guys have anything that you want to throw in there to get us started? We're having too much fun studying Revelation, I think. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I was just thinking about like maybe we should have had like a like a bunch of confetti, like one of those things that like pop off like for like our fifty two, like uh, our one year anniversary, yeah. you know, like yeah. Well, since we're since we're not you know being <laughs> recorded know. with video, we can just say that that happened, Daniel. Yes, we so did. like we could just our room here is just is decorated and, and celebratory mm-hmm. congratulatory stuff about our our, our our year anniversary right we have streamers hanging from the ceiling guys <laughs> the place is all decked out i know yeah exactly <laughs> yay happy us all right well it's uh we're, we're so glad you guys could join us today yeah. for this celebratory day of 55 so we'll just go ahead and get into the chapter today um yeah. we'll give some context and stuff after uh we're also we're going to do something a little different today um, last week, Daniel was referencing the Bible Project um, a bit as a resource that you can go to and help you kind of understand what's going on with this book and with any book in the Bible. Um, but uh, we're going to have the scripture read by the Dwell app today, and then um, we'll break from that, and then we'll go into their part from the um, the uh, Bible Project where they focused on chapter 14. So it's a quick little snippet of the video that I cut out out of the whole thing, uh, which I think is like 11 minutes long or something that's, uh, they cover the second half of Revelation. Yeah. Go watch it though. Yeah. And like, not just listen to it. Take some time since we've been studying Revelation and read or, or watch both parts one and two, because there's like really cool comic looking, um, you know, pictures and such that really help explain it. And I'm telling you what, I thought it was dynamite. It was, yeah. I thought it was very good. If you were a visual learner, it I would recommend a lot of the Bible Project, uh, books of the Bible. They take all the books and then they'll talk about like, what's it about, who wrote it, what's the context, and then they'll really create like a kind of pattern and a path for the for the book. And I really like it a lot because I'm a visual learner. So uh, definitely check it out if that's uh, if you learn that way. Yeah, I, I think the actual site is called Read Scripture, but then it's called The Bible Project, so you can search either one of those on YouTube um, and find it. But it's re- it is really cool. The art that they do, it, it's like a they draw it as they're talking about it in real time, so it kind of follows along with the story, and you get to see what's happening. Yeah. So uh, it really helps. So anyway, we'll go ahead and get into the Scripture today, Revelation 14 from the Dwell app. Here we go. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless." 
Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Another angel, a second, followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night. These worshippers of the beast and its image and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Then I looked, and behold a white cloud, and seated on the cloud one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put in your sickle, and reap, for the hour to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice, to the one who had the sharp sickle. Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it in the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. All right, that's our chapter for today, Revelation 14. So as promised, we're going to get into this, um, this snippet from the Bible Project video on Revelation. Um, just know that it goes into it really quickly. It kind of had to be dissected out. They don't really take a pause per chapter. They just kind of keep rolling. So it gets into it quickly, uh, but hopefully this will help you understand a little bit more context, and then we'll expand when we get done. So this is from the Bible Project.
Standing opposed to the beastly nations and the dragon is another king. It's the slain lamb. He's with his army who have given their lives to follow him. And from the new Jerusalem, their song of victory goes out to the nations in what John calls the eternal gospel. And they call everyone to repent and to worship God and to come out of Babylon that will fall. Its days are numbered. Then John sees a vision of final judgment. It's symbolized by two harvests. One is a good harvest of grain as King Jesus Jesus comes to gather up his faithful people to himself. The other is a harvest of wine grapes. It represents humanity's intoxication with evil. They're taken to the wine press and trampled. Now, throughout all these sign visions, John is placing a stark choice before the seven churches. Will they resist the lure of Babylon and follow the lamb? Or will they follow the beast and suffer its defeat? All right. So that is from the Bible Project. So what do you guys think? First off, I think that's awesome. That that Bible project. No, he endorsed it already, but man, <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. No, it, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Jinx, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's somebody owes somebody you. a coke. You go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I I mean I agree, Michael. I love the Bible project. It's we like I said, we last week we talked about it. We're talking about it again this week. It's very helpful, especially with so, there's so much imagery. There's so much in, imagery in Revelation, uh, Old Testament prophecy, uh, Hebrew letters, also having numbers correlate with them. Like there's a lot of things that w- helps when you can actually see a picture of it as opposed to just reading yeah. it. And it, and it's and it's hard to track, you know, because it seems like it's like where are we now in the storyline? Like because we want to read linear, linearly, like this is a novel, like this is like actual, like a periodic right. time of history, and this happens, and then this happens, and this, and that's not the way prophecy works, mm-hmm. especially yeah. not the way Old Testament prophecy works. And so you really, it helps to have a resource, or at least just something to kind of look at, and, and I think what's really uh, kind of going into this chapter, we were talking uh, before the podcast about how chapter 13 and chapter 14 are, are linked. Right. And um, and so it's kind of hard to understand 14 without 13. And I know that you, if you guys have been following along with us in a chapter a day, then you probably got the 13 and you're thinking, okay, what's going on? And then 14, you're like, okay, what else is going on? I'm trying to figure out <laughs> all of this stuff. And uh, and I think what's what's interesting is that you see that there is there's allegiance. There's allegiance that's being passed back and forth between um, the dragon, the beast, and the world, basically. And the yeah. and then. Jesus and the kingdom of God. And they talk about the mark of the beast, which is which is notoriously 666. And I think that that is a um, kind of a cryptic thing for us. I mean, we think about like, what is that? What does that mean? Does that mean like we should not get credit cards on our wrists because then we're going to be following the mark of the beast. We're going to lose our salvation. There's nothing in scripture that really talks about credit cards being the issue that you would yeah. lose your salvation. So I want to kind of steer away from some of the uh, kind of um, conspiracy theories, if I can say that very just kindly. And, um, and it's, it's the number of a man is what it says, too. Yeah, it's so, it's a, it's it's a human number. Yes. So it's so it's it's a number that they can that they can understand. And, and so, uh, what's interesting, and you'll see this in the Bible Project, is they say that six 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 is in Hebrew is actually also on. Uh, it's like names and letters can also have numbers associated right. with it, and it actually can be translated as Nero Caesar Beast, and um, and the fact that there is there is no middle ground when it comes to allegiance. They're either they have the allegiance of the beast and of the dragon, or they have the allegiance of God. And 
really, I think this is really about the choice of humanity. This is the choice to follow Jesus or to follow our own way, and that there's consequences for each choice. And, and even the location of the mark of the beast and the mark that we see of the people that are following Jesus of the 144,000. Right. And I'm going to pause before I go into that. That's, I don't think that's the actual, it's a quantity number, because when John originally heard the number 144,000, and he turned and looked, and he saw it was millions of people, numbers that they couldn't even count from all nations. And so I think when he's referring to the 144,000, he's referring to all followers of Jesus. So, and that's something you've, you we were talking about before, Daniel, that you could add is, is how there's a difference between hearing and seeing. Can yeah. you talk about that again? Yeah, so uh, I think we can... John had a perception of how things are going to end. He's been taught as a as a Jewish uh, young boy that you're you're taught prophecy, you're taught about Messiah, you're taught about how the Messiah is going to come and is going to bring kind of the golden age of Israel, and so you have all of those kind of built into like your mind. And so when John is in this, uh, when he's receiving this vision from Jesus and from the Holy Spirit, he hears uh, a basically like a military census of the hundred and forty four thousand. And then he turns and sees that it's actually not 144,000, that it's an innumerable amount of people. And it's not just from the tribe of Israel. It's from all nations and all tongues. And so there's the difference between like what we have, like a, a perception of, of what we think is going to transpire and what we actually see taking place. And, and so John sees that there is... Uh, that there is this nation, there's a people group that's being built by the Lamb, that's being built by Jesus, and it's his church, and it's the ones that are pledging their allegiance to him, and there, there's not a specific number. So it's kind of like, and, and it's also that it talks about, like, there's other imagery in there when it talks about the 144,000, that they haven't been defiled themselves with women, and so it's like, and they haven't ever lied, so they're and they're blameless, right. and it's really more that, yeah, it's not, that's more imagery. That's not like actual, like, you know, people that have had sex are not in Jesus's kingdom. Like that's, yeah. I was getting worried, Daniel. Here we go. We can all breathe a sigh of relief, right? No, but, um, <clears throat> but it's, and so this is, it is more like you said, Michael, it's, it's a purity thing. It's, it's an imagery thing that says that these are people that are not defiled by the world, that have not given themselves over to the passions and have allied themselves to the world. Uh, and, and then, when he talks about the number, it's it's really the Shema, and right. the Shema is. And I'm I'm talking a lot again. I apologize, guys. <laughs> I keep doing this. And you're, so, you're, you're good. okay, all right. So Deuteronomy six is is where you get the Shema, and it's Deuteronomy six four through eight, and it says, "Hear, O Israel." The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And those words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them, <clears throat> talk of them as you sit in your house and when you walk uh, by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign to your hand and they shall be on the frontlets of your eyes, which is basically saying your forehead. Right. Um, and they shall be on the doorposts uh, of your house and on your gates. And that's, they took that as like, the, and that's where the Hebrews get the, the Shema, which is basically, this is a, this is a pledge of allegiance. This is a pledge of allegiance that, yes. that you are going to love God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your might. And you are going to think about God. That's why they put it on their forehead and you will act in a, in a manner of allegiance to God, and that's why you put it on your hands. And so that's yep. the imagery. And so when the beast had them, when they have 666 on their head and on their hands, they are pledging allegiance 
It's like the anti-Shema. They are pledging allegiance to the world. They are pledging allegiance yes. to the beast and to the the uh, the ways of the beast and to kind of like the the evil nations that the that the beast influences. And, and so that's where we can kind of get this this choice that happens. And the choice has been given us since the beginning. You know, we've had the opportunity to choose whether we were going to follow God and pledge allegiance to Him and trust in Him solely. Or are we going to trust in kind of our own ways, our own understanding, what's what we see around us, the pleasures and the desires of our heart? Yep. Uh, and so that's where I think a lot of this imagery kind of reveals this. And then, and then at the end, there's a harvest. There's a consequences. Yes. You know, there's consequences for the ones that are following Jesus and and, and the ones that are are not. Right. And and there's no middle ground. Like yeah. there's they they say all the people that follow that. Are not of, that are of Jesus have this. All people that don't follow Jesus have this. Like there's not like this like Switzerland. It's it's one or the other, you know. And uh, and and I think that what's cool is that the we are out proclaiming that there is hope in Jesus and that there's hope in the slain Lamb and that we walk in that kind of. Uh, I guess it to me this gives us this pulls the veil back a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. It pulls the veil veil back from what we physically can see. And how we can physically place blame on people and on nations and on leaders and different things like that. And see that there's just evil yeah. at work behind it all that is trying to influence and that is trying to get us to pledge allegiance yes. to the fact that, you know, serve, you know, serve the God of money. Like serve the God of, of yes. fame. Serve the God of, of pleasure, you know. And then you'll get all these things that you want and it all ultimately will lead to a, a destructive path and Another thing, it's not it's not a new story. Yeah. So something that that we have to keep in mind when we look at these prophecies is is Hebrew Jewish prophecies. Many times, they have to do with something in the present, something in the in like the near or, or even distant future, and then like the end times. So sometimes these things have, and sometimes they don't, right? But sometimes they have kind of three different things. So. We can see this issue here. They're talking about Nero, the the Caesar, the the emperor, the, the Roman emperor, and that that's where the whole six 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 thing comes in. So they have a very right now application that there is Rome, that is a military and industrial and an economic powerhouse that is going to fall, and we see through history they do. So that that was the right now kind of warning. Like you're either going to to be uh, allied with Rome, or you're going to be allied with Christ. Pick your side, right? Choose this day who you'll serve, right? Yeah. And so, and so that's that's a right now thing. And then, if you look at the future, which would be our present, I think we have the same kind of issue today. Like, choose this day who you'll serve. Are you going to serve America, or are you going to serve Jesus? And, and I understand that we're citizens, that we're Americans, and we're Christians. So I'm not saying that we can't be patriotic. I'm not saying that we can't, you know, have a little bit of both. But I think so, a practical application that we can take from chapters 13 and 14 is where does your allegiance lie? I mean, I want to be honest. I served in the military for 20 years, you know, and this, this kind of hit me. How often do I stand in public with my hand over my heart and sing the national anthem? How often do I do the Pledge of Allegiance? I mean, this is something that I do a lot, that, that I publicly declare that I'm a proud Red, white, and blue American, right? Um, how often do I publicly declare that I'm a Christian? 
I mean, I don't even ha- we don't even have like much of a Christian pledge of allegiance. You know, like we we take a back we let Jesus take a back seat to America. We we let our American patriotism inform our Christianity instead of letting Jesus inform us of, on how to be a good citizen. And I feel convicted about that mm-hmm. after reading this. Like, man, when I read chapters 13 and 14, I'm like, man, if I'm honest, I have chosen America over Jesus a lot. Mm-hmm. And that that was like part of it, that the power part, like the nationalism part. Then you have the economic part. How often do I choose my own pocketbook over Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, this, this stuff can hit you like a ton of bricks when you start peeling away some of the metaphor and looking at it straight up. Like, man, yeah. I'm, sometimes I choose America and I choose money over Jesus. And I think this is, and again, it's not new. This is something that happened in the days of, of, of John as he wrote this. This is something that has happened throughout history. Complexes rise and they fall. Blood is shed with wars as, as nations fall. And America will rise and it will fall and blood will be shed. This is how things work. This is not new. And, and we will ally ourselves with where the money is and then the money will go away. It's, it's, a, rep- it's, it's a story that's repeated over and over in history. And I think for us the question is where do you stand? Mm-hmm. You know, where do you stand? And I think you, I mean, Michael, you bring up really great points about just uh, what informs. So I think when when you think about the Shema, the thoughts and in the in your actions, you know, where does that, where where do your thoughts, where are your thoughts dominated? Yes. You know, where, what are you, what do you, what worries you? What, it, what brings fear to your mind? Um, do you have any kind of prejudice when it comes to different people or different people groups? Like when you hear different political parties, are you thinking that one, like, are you bent more towards, uh, allegiance to one and, and despise right. or disdain for the other, you know I mean? And so you can kind of take these things and say, you, you, you use this as a way of like dictating your thoughts, but then your actions, you know, I mean, we talk about like, um, what a great thing to really be, to, to fight against, um, just the love of money is generosity. You know, I mean, uh, how are you generous? And this doesn't have to be giving to the church. I mean, you can give to someone in need. You can look, you can look at your, what you possess as not your own. You know, you can look at what you have as far as time and resources as not your own. And, and what's interesting is that you have to, like the beginning in Revelation, he was saying, and actually Pastor Phil talked about this, about you can uh, neither be hot nor cold, you right. know, like, or sorry, you have to be either hot or cold. You can't be this lukewarm kind of stuff. And in the the ones that follow the lamb, they follow the lamb, you know. And I think we can, and I grew up thinking about this, is you can kind of blend a little bit of Christianity. You can kind of have a buffet style when it comes to allegiance to Jesus, you know. You can say, all right, I'm going to give allegiance to Jesus by going to church. I'm going to give allegiance to yeah. Jesus by, and I'm, I'm making a scooping kind of analogy here while I'm, you guys can't <laughs> see it. I'm actually putting food from a buffet onto a plate. That's all imaginary. I was imagining ice cream. Uh, oh, I know. I was better. too, it actually. It kind of did look like this, like the Baskin Robbins, right? 31 You're flavors. working at UDF. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, oh, oh, man, that would be good right now. <laughs> yes, it okay. would. Okay. Uh, before I completely derail myself, uh, is that you can kind of grab different flavors. Like you can say, all right, I want a little bit of church. I'm going to go, I'm going to do a little bit of small group actually. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give 10%. And, and so you put together different flavors, but you're like, oh wait, that's the, that's the tub about my sexual, um, like, uh, my sexual behavior. 
you know, uh, I don't know if I want to put that in my, in my, my ice cream. I'm going to kind of keep that, you know, for my own thing. Or, you know, when it comes to, you know, my time spent, uh, I want to kind of keep that to myself. And so we can, we can kind of almost kind of like have it your way when it comes to like Christian faith, the right? Burger King. Christian yeah, faith. exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's Burger <laughs> King, Christian faith. Yeah. It's like have it your way. And, and unfortunately there's not like, a, we, we, there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground on yeah. this. And, and each side calls for like total allegiance right i mean like they like even like the anti-shema side to so the 666 side the side of the beast of the dragon it, it requires total allegiance and and so let's all just like pause and recognize the fact that there are spiritual forces that are asking for our allegiance on a daily moment by moment basis not even the demanding of our allegiance and so we have to really take inventory and that's why i think like the thoughts and the actions are, is a really good place to start um, where you can just sit there and even just like take time and write down like, okay, like what did I think about today? What dominated my thoughts? What brought me to worry? What brought me to fear? What brought me to excitement and joy? You know, and start to just start like taking inventory or like taking inventory of the things you did or even look at your bank accounts. You know, like where did, where did everything go? Where is my time? Where is my money being spent? And you'll start to see your allegiance. Right. I mean, you'll start yeah. to see what you desire, what you prioritize. And, and so this is this is really, really convicting. And this is not a call for us to be perfect. Like at, at the very beginning of the chapter, when it says the ones that are because because they have been redeemed by the lamb. Right. You know, and that means that we're going to have like Jesus knows Jesus knows he was tempted. He knows that there's a constantly going to be uh, evil trying to convince allegiance. Like that's exactly what Satan was trying to do. Satan was trying to get Jesus to ally with him and his kind of, I guess, his like his allegiance of evil, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, so that's Jesus understands that. And he's and but he also overcame that. And so there's always an opportunity for us to overcome. There's always an opportunity for us to shift our priorities, shift our allegiance. But we just we have to choose. Yes. You know, and so it has to we have to. We have to make a choice here, and it's not going to be anyone else's fault but our own if we get to the harvest time, you know. Well, and that, I, and that's why I think is that's really sobering. And another thing with this, that this this kind of kind of concludes this chapter, is um, it's kind of sad. We we talked about our, our allegiance. You know, is it with Jesus or is it with nation or is it with money? Is it with Babylon? Is it with the beast? Whatever you want to call it, right? Or is it with Jesus? And I think our allegiance bleeds into how we act and who we talk to and, and, and how we represent Christ. And the reason why I mentioned the end of this chapter is we see that there's a harvest, man. Yeah. And, and let's get past the metaphor. Some of us are going to go to heaven and some of us are going to go to hell. Now, we could argue about what hell is like because we see this blood and like, does it mean they're literally bleeding or is there literal fire or whatever? But leave that for a moment either something very good is going to happen to you or others or something very bad. I don't know about you, Daniel and Brent, but I want people to go to heaven. I don't want them to, to suffer this mm -hmm. wine press thing that we see at the end of this chapter. So the way that I live my life, how I, who I pledge my allegiance to and how that, and how that works in my life and, and the, the story that my life tells matters. Mm-hmm. Because I, I believe that my story will talk more than, than just me talking to people. And I think we have to talk to people too. But I guess the point I'm making here is is 
we need to live lives and, and speak the gospel in ways that, that we can lead people to Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, I know that, that in this church, we don't, at, at every service, we don't have to lay out the plan of salvation like some churches do. But I do think it's important that, especially those of you that are dedicated enough to listen to a podcast, man, go out and do tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Make it a point. Yeah. Let your life speak and let your words speak because I don't want to see people in this wine press. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And I'll say one thing too on um, talking about not just patriotism, but everything that you do in your life. Um, I think it's really important. And one of the biggest takeaways from this is live your life in as close a relationship with the Holy Spirit as possible. Absolutely. So that any decisions that you're making, so that your patriotism, so that your pocketbook, so that everything can be discerned through the Holy Spirit, how you're supposed to act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think there can be, when you talk about having complete allegiance to Jesus or complete allegiance to evil, um, that doesn't mean be reckless and irresponsible with your life. Right, completely. Right. Mm-hmm. It means everything that you do, consult with the Holy Spirit about it and let that determine everything that you're, every decision that you're making and everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the biggest takeaway that I got from that. that and, and I think that the, um, <clears throat> I think it kind of all, like, what is a, what does allegiance to Jesus look like? You know, and, and I think what, I think this is really cool. I think it looks like just what Brent said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I you totally know? agree. And but I love verse 12 when it says, because of this, here is a call of endurance of the saints. You know, there there is a, if we recognize what's really going on, the the battle between good and evil that we see with the, you know, with the woman and his seed and the dragon in chapter 12, you know, you see that's been going on since the beginning of time. It's been waging, right? Yeah. So this is a call to endurance. So like, take, like, see, see our lives with eternity in mind. Past and present eternity, right? That evil's been evil has been evil, evil. <laughs> I got that evil. He's evil. I got that Ebola. <laughs> it is. It's Ebola. It's evil. Uh, that e- evil, evil has been uh, waging a war against good ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know that the accuser has always been and always will be a liar and will always want you to believe him. And, and so this is a call then for endurance. This is a call to say, all right, I'm going to recognize what's going on around me. I'm going to recognize the spiritual battles that are taking place, and I'm going to endure. I'm going to endure and keep the commands of God and their faith in Jesus. This is what they did. And I, and this is this is great. He says, write this down. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed. They will rest from their labors, and their deeds will follow them. And I think that uh, I love that because... That there's going to be there's blessings for us that from now on, right? That our deeds will like what we're going to do is going to make an impact when we take the veil off of what we have going on in the physical and we begin to look at the spiritual and we see people struggling, we see people enslaved to sin, we see people enchained, and we we do what we can to break those chains by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then those those deeds will follow on; it will carry on, and what a legacy that is. And, and so I want to encourage our listeners to endure to endure whatever you have going through whatever you're going through right now to to suffer well to keep god's what he's what he's telling you to do to trust in him and to put your faith put your confidence in jesus and let the let let god take care of the results and let the legacy that of your life carry on 
And and I love this because, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see, like when we go to eternity, the the deeds that you guys are doing, we're gonna be able to talk about it. We're gonna be able to to reminisce about it, and it's gonna be an amazing opportunity for us to just be like, man, like God is doing, has done, and will do amazing things. All right, uh, Michael, you said you would pray for us. Sure, thank sure. you very much. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, first we thank you for for Scripture. We thank you for what John wrote in Revelation and and the hope that it gives us that uh, we know that you are going to be victorious and that as we partner with you, as we as we have your name written in our heads and our hands, mm-hmm. Lord, we know that that we have your victory and we thank you for it. Mm-hmm. But Lord, with this with application, Lord, just help us to to choose you over everything else every day. Just give us the strength to just let go and just let your spirit work through us and just lead, guide, and direct us in every decision that we make. Lord, we love you. We thank you for these things. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, that wraps us up for episode 55 of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Uh, We will be back next week to finish up Revelation. Uh, We should technically be on chapter 21. I don't know if you guys wanted to do chapter 21, 22, since we'll be finishing up. Something to think about as we go. Um, But uh, They go together like this 13 and 14 thing, Mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah, and it's 7 and 8 last week. Yeah, (laughs) accidentally. Um, So guys, we just, we hope that you enjoy the podcast um, and we hope that you have a great week. Um, Did you guys have anything else you need to put in there before we go? Jesus loves you. Yeah, you guys also have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I forget that that's going to fall in between. Um, So yeah, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, um, and we will talk to you guys next Tuesday.